Well, good afternoon, and welcome to episode 304 of The Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. How the hell are you guys doing today? It's Friday, bitches. Uh, actually, Friday, April 2nd, 2021. I'm glad to have you guys around. Uh, almost the last show of the week. Not quite. We still got our Saturday show coming up. Uh, being a Friday, we were going to be talking about all kinds of things. What? I have no clue because I don't do any preparation for these shows at all. I just kind of turn on the mic and start talking. Uh, as always, you guys can call in if you want to talk about what I'm talking about. You can call in and talk about what you want to talk about. You can type stuff into the chat bar, but I'm really shitty at reading that. So there's a good chance I'm going to miss it. But I'll try. Maybe. Maybe I won't try. You don't know. <laughs> Anyways, well, we always start out with my boring personal life shit so uh, today wasn't a bad day a day kind of drug a little bit i'm not feeling super awesome not not like horrible just kind of blah today you know those days where you just don't feel right but you can't really pin it on anything that's how it's been all day but that's okay i mean you know it could be a lot worse i don't actually feel bad so that's always a good time uh as always the country club is slow as fuck this time of year with all the covid stuff hold on a second i got a little dog trying to get on my lap come here little dog oh, you're a bad little dog this little dog likes to chew on shit if you leave it alone for too long. Left my nasal decongestant on the table, went away for 10 minutes, came back. She's trying to work it open. Had uh, teeth marks all over it, but luckily she didn't get into it. I imagine nasal decongestant uh, spray is not awesome for dogs. <laughs> mm, but she didn't get in any. No. She's a good little dog. Uh, this is Lulu. She's a, uh, a rescue, technically. Uh, we uh, got her from a... Uh, a rescue so i guess it's not technicality she got left in someone's apartment for several weeks and uh i think i mentioned on the show before i think she was abused her muzzles all crooked and stuff like someone fucked with it yeah but she's a good little dog anyway so uh, if you guys got something on tap you want to throw up there that's fine if not we're just going to go ahead and swing into the show um i don't think any other got any other personal stuff to talk about uh well weighed myself again the other day now i'm going in the wrong direction i don't know why uh, I'm, I'm actually eating more in the last month or so since I'm back back to work, but it doesn't seem to be making any difference. Uh, however, I just got checked up uh, a checkup, so there's nothing wrong with me. I just don't know what's going on. All right, that's enough boring personal stuff. Oh, let's see. Uh, there's been a second Suicide Squad trailer. I don't know if you guys watched the first one. Uh, it's incredibly awesome in its nerdiness. Uh, I don't really follow DC Comics, so I barely know who any of these characters are, and it looks goddamn awesome. Um, <laughs> I uh, I think it's coming out in August or something like that, and it's one of those ones that's going to be on HBO Max as well, so I'm actually going to watch it. Uh, I wasn't really much for movie going in the theaters before all the COVID stuff. So uh, I wasn't really bothered by them being shut down all that much. I feel bad for the people in the industry affected by it, but not my normal source of entertainment. So normally I just waited for whatever came out to be uh, on one of the streaming services, uh, except for Marvel movies. Marvel movies, uh, I would try to get out and watch. So which means I went out to the movies about once a year or once every two years. <laughs> And even some of those I didn't bother, like the Ant-Man ones I waited until they were like on DVD or Blu-ray or streaming or that, that kind of shit. And there's, despite the fact that uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Marvel movies, there's actually like two that I haven't watched at all. And I probably never will. Uh, Iron Man 3 and the, the second uh, Thor movie. I didn't watch the second Thor movie because I heard it was only okay and I didn't really like the first one all that much. Uh, Iron Man 3 was kind of the same reason. Iron Man 2 was only okay instead of great. And I heard kind of bad things about it. And then once uh, once I had it spoiled for me, as in like finding out what the plot was and what went down, I kind of lost the desire to watch it because it sounds fucking ridiculous. We're going to give Pepper Potts superpowers and then never mention it again, ever. You know, think about it. Um, how many movies have come out come out on the, on the timeline since Iron Man 3 where that chick was given superpowers and... Unless I missed something and they had, she had them taken away, they never addressed that ever again. And no one else thinks that's odd. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I've never watched that movie either. Um, speaking of movies, I was watching some of those uh, pitch meeting videos, which I believe I've talked to you guys about before. It's just, it's a, one guy does it. It's like a pitch between a movie writer and a movie a producer. Uh, he plays both parts and just does, you know, uh, camera pans back and forth for it. 
and they're fucking hilarious. He, uh, he's very good at, uh, eviscerating both good and bad movies, uh, while doing it in a humorous, humorous way. So I highly recommend them. But the one that I was watching before, um, the show was one he did for Howard the Duck because he does older movies as well as current ones. He's got literally hundreds of them out there. He's been doing it since 2017. Um, and I'd seen Howard the Duck when I was a little kid and didn't remember anything about it. So his video, in addition to being amusing, was actually quite educational because I didn't remember any of this shit. You guys are familiar with Howard Duck, right? It's a uh, movie that came out in the 80s about a Marvel comic called Howard the Duck, who lives in Duck World, where everybody's ducks instead of people. Uh, and I remember the entire plot about Howard the Duck being on Earth, but I didn't remember anything else about it. The movie starts with him in Duck World, showing just living his normal duck life among duck people. And the reason I bring this up is because one of the things the pitch meeting pointed out was the fact that on Duck World, ducks evolved to have boobs. <coughs> so, like, there's a... Uh, scene where Howard is like looking through a, a duck girl or, or, or I'm sorry, you know, duck boy, uh, uh, play duck. There you go. Yeah. Play duck, uh, magazine, which is, you know, basically the, uh, duck world version of playboy. And he's looking at a, uh, uh, a naked duck woman and, you know, she's a, a duck woman yet. She has fully exposed human boobs. And at that point, they pointed this out, and I agree. Who are they making this movie for? Because it's a very comical movie, uh, but it's also very odd. Like, uh, not only that's not the only time you see duck boobs. Like as as he's getting uh, blown through several walls on a couch to being sucked through a space laser into to Earth. I'm sorry, I'm spoiling the movie for you guys. Uh, he busts through a, a bathroom where there's a duck woman uh, taking a shower, and once again, fully human boobs. Um, very odd. Not to mention in the movie, uh, Howard the Duck and the female lead can come pretty close to having a sex scene. Uh, uh, oh, oh, and a scene while the female lead was going through Howard the Duck's wallet while while he's sleeping, and she finds a little tiny like duck condom. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I would have to go back and look at the uh, rating on it, but that doesn't sound like a kids' movie, does it, guys? But supposedly that's what it was. Um, and from what I understand, it was a fucking horrible movie and it got hor really bad ratings, justifiable reviews, rather justifiably so. Uh, let's see. I also just watched, uh, just before he came on, the latest episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I won't be talking about that yet because since it just came out today, I'll give you guys a couple days to... Um, watch it before i spoil it for you did he do leonard part six leonard part six isn't that the bill cosby movie where where god did he like he played some sort of uh uh spy or some shit like that was it a was he played a spy or like a spy or an agent or um and like the entire leonard part six is supposed to be a joke thing you know uh because obviously there weren't one parts one through five <laughs> uh God, I, I barely remember that one. For as popular as Bill Cosby was, he didn't really have a great movie career. Um, putting Pop James Bond. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, the, the only other real movie I remember him doing was Ghost Dad. And that, that, from what I understand, that was not a great movie. Um, so one interesting uh, secret agent movie and then one kind of bad ghost movie. And that's it. Were there any other Bill Cosby movies out there that I'm missing? No, Ghost Dad, rather. Ghost Dad, where he he dies at the beginning of the movie, and then he's a ghost throughout it or some shit like that. Uh, <laughs> he has a private collection. <laughs> yeah, he might. Um, but yeah, I mean, now TV, on the other hand, he obviously had quite a few projects uh, from the, the uh, Bad Albert series to, uh, you know... Um, the Cosby show. So I guess not a whole bunch of maybe just two. Although I believe he was involved with uh, a different world as well. Uh, did he do anything else besides the Cosby show and uh, Fat Albert? I'm, I'm trying not to swing on over to Google to look, to look this shit up. Uh, hmm. I mean, he did a, obviously a whole bunch of co comedy albums and comedy specials as well. I always felt bad about 
Bill Cosby, the whole Bill Cosby thing, because in addition to me wanting him to be my uh, dad from watching the Cosby show growing up, uh, I also had a whole bunch of his old records uh, growing up because my parents had them. Uh, I can't remember the names of them, but some of his, he had really classic routines, like he had a, a whole routine about Noah from Noah's Ark about talking to God and how weird that would be and all that good shit. Um, he had a, uh, a big routine, a routine that he did about uh, learning martial arts uh, because uh, I can't remember why, and then practicing on his brother and wiping them out. And like a lot of his uh, routines on his comedy albums were short, um, like literally, like maybe a minute or two. Um, God damn it, I've got a second dog trying to get on my lap, even though there's only room for one. No, I can't have you on my lap right now. Don't look at me with those adorable eyes. Oh, come on now. I feel bad. <laughs> Doss says, I understand you were in a movie, Jay. No, no, I don't think so. Oh. See, now I feel bad. Okay, now you gotta get off my lap too, just because I I'm, I feel bad. I can't I can't have one on without the other. So you guys can both go on. Go lie down. <laughs> all right, I need a drink of water. Sorry. Man, my throat has just been parched all day. Speaking of sickness, <clears throat> I thought I was gonna have to uh initiate covid regulations for the very first time uh i uh there's somebody here to see one of our managers and i check everybody in regardless of whether it's an employee or uh, a vendor or whatever uh, so if you're not a member and you come into that club we check you in uh, and this guy like was over the uh, permitted temperature and I, I, i've never had that happen <laughs> like he was at like 101 102 or 101.6 or some shit like that and i think they allow up to 100.4 and it's one of those like uh skin temperature uh, things so i was like oh shit uh so i tried it again and he was over again and at that point uh you know uh, i was like oh wow you're, you're over like uh i go i know that, that can happen if you're out in the sunlight for a while so yeah, give us give us a minute or two and i'll, I'll test you again it'll probably be fine and after that at, at, luckily my manager or one of them came rolling up around then and I was like, hey, uh, not sure what to do right here. Uh, I've tested this guy twice and he's fucking over. <laughs> um, I go by quite a bit. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't know what to do. He goes, well, um, we'll try him again. So I tried him again and it was slightly lower. Uh, I go, well, I mean, it's still over, but it's, it seems to be going down. He's like, okay, let's just give this guy a couple minutes, uh, test him a couple more times, and we, which is what happened. We tested him two or three more times, and he came down and came down and came down until uh, until he was underneath the um, uh, um, minimum we we required to let him in. And that wasn't super duper surprising because when I said I've never had that happen to me, it's had happened before before they gave the job to me when they first started doing this last year. They had a guy sitting outside, like underneath a tent. And catching people before they came in and well as the spring came around uh and it started warming up he started getting people that would test over because they just walked from their car in the sun you know through through a long parking lot to get to this dude so um oh jesus i gotta pick up the other dog oh i hope you're happy i shouldn't have put down lulu uh so, so they would test over and all we do is just let them just have them um hang out for a little while underneath the tent in the shade and test them again and you know eventually they were low enough but i'd never encountered that myself because i'm inside so everyone i test has like been inside but i guess this guy must have been in the sun or maybe he likes his the heater in his car really really high or some shit like that because he did come back down but it was uh i wasn't sure what to do <laughs> I'm, I'm glad the manager was there because he said well if we, we're gonna test him a couple more times and if he doesn't come down we're gonna have to tell him he needs to reschedule this appointment i'm like oh well that'll be a bummer But luckily that didn't happen. I don't know. There's some guy, some guy here to sell the manager or something or another. I don't, there's so many people in and out of that club vendor wise. Um, the ones I talk to mostly are the wine vendors who are very, 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 very nice people. <laughs> Salespeople are always try to be nice people in general, but the wine vendors are super duper nice to my boss because we buy a lot of wine. That's the, the Royal. We obviously not me. Um, <laughs> But that club buys a lot of wine. The club buys a lot of wine to serve, and the club buys a lot of wine for the members because the members are big wine people. Um, okay, if you, if you can't if you, if you can't simmer down, kid, I'm gonna have to put you back down. Okay, simmer down. Um, 
Like, for example, we do a wine sale there once a year where they can buy all the wine they want at like a certain price point and they'll sell like a hundred thousand, a hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of wine just that night. Um, I think our record was $187,000 for one night sales because, you know, uh, some of the members will take the opportunity to, um, like fill their cellars. Uh, like I've seen one, one guy who had just bought a new house, spend $40,000 on wine, you know, cause he wanted to have, start to have a respectable amount down there, you know, which is funny. Cause, um, like if you have a wine cellar full of wine, you're sophisticated. Like if you, but if you have a basement full of like Jack Daniels, you're just a fucking drunk. <laughs> Funny how that works, huh? Okay, now I got one little dog looking at me. Okay, you guys both need to go on. Okay, go on. You both had your you both had your lap time. I'll go, go on. God. <laughs> yeah, it's officially a show about dogs, right? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Try to be a little professional than that, but I am sitting in my house with my dogs, so you can't, uh, you can't really. Um, can't really get away from that sometimes. At least at least they're not in the living room barking at squirrels. Which is their favorite pastime to look out the window and bark at shit. Yeah, we have a lot of squirrels. I live kind of a I live in the suburbs, but it's it's not really rural, but the particular street I live on is kind of. Um uh, like I get deer in my backyard, a shitload of deer. There shouldn't be any deer in my backyard. It's like I said, it's I don't live in the country, it's the suburbs. It was suburbs that was fairly rural uh, up until like 20 or 30 years ago. Um, but over the last 20 or 30 years, it's went from rural to a very, very much your normal suburb. Uh, just no one told the wildlife. So like my record is I 13 deer in my backyard. Um, oh shit. We got a caller. Uh, well, hello caller. What can I do for you today? No. Oh, that's boring. You guys can do better than that. Uh, anyways, yeah. So I see, uh, like, I, I saw this badass opossum go rolling by the, uh, rolling through my front yard the other day. The kid, the dogs were going fucking nutty. It came from like my neighbor across the street's uh, house, uh, across the street, like ambled, and it was weird because it was straight out the middle of the day. You know, oh, god damn it, dogs. <laughs> my little dog Lulu's agile enough to jump up without help. So she just reclaimed the, the lap, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I, that was weird. You don't normally see, um, opossums just wandering around during the day. And that's what it was. It was a big fat one too. Uh, opossums always look weird cause they don't look like real animals. Cause they got that crazy fur, uh, and then like the rat tail and the weird face. They're cool. I mean, I, I was glad to see it around uh, opossums eat lots of like, uh, uh, ticks and shit like that so they're healthy to be around and they're, they don't hurt anything but it was just an ugly ass animal so it, it had to across my yard and over into the neighbor's yard and, and off to whatever opossums do during the day but that like i said it surprised me because i always thought they were pretty much nocturnal every time i've ever seen a possum during the day is when like was one was where it wasn't supposed to be like at the bottom of a trash can or some shit like that uh yeah there's a uh, yeah, a plethora of small wildlife. You know, other than the deer, not much in the way of that. Other than as far as large wildlife go, uh, but we have stuff like uh, possums, as I mentioned, ground groundhogs, woodchucks, same thing, I guess, really. Um, which is not a uh, which is not a fun thing. Uh, uh, I, I refer to woodchucks. Uh, I guess this is a good segue. I was going to tell you guys about the time I used to work for the Michigan Humane Society. I've talked about it before, but. Uh, that was as a uh, more of a group format, so I can go into a little more detail since it's just me. Um, I was, uh, I know I wasn't 21 yet because I couldn't drink, uh, but I think I was 19 or something like that, or 18 or 19. I worked there about a year and a half, almost two years. I was their rescue driver. Rescue driver was a kind of a weird position um, because when stuff wasn't going on, I was kind of, I had much the same role as one of their adoption counselors, which were the people that took care of the animals and tried to adopt them out as uh, two you know, people that came in. Uh, however, whenever the Michigan Humane Society got a call for help, and that's what it was, uh, they required the rescue driver, or as I like to call myself, rescue man. Uh, <laughs> it, the, the nature of the job was 
Now, we didn't go after stray dogs and cats because that, that's uh, an, the animal control's job. That's that's who you call if you have a stray dog or your stray cat. For anything else, we would pretty much uh, take that call. So like an injured animal. So like we wouldn't go after a stray dog. If you called up the Michigan Main Society and said, hey, there's a stray dog in my backyard, we're not going to come pick it up. If you called up the Michigan Main Society and said there's an injured dog in your backyard, we would probably come pick it up. Technically, that's still uh, animal control thing. So we would refer that to animal control. But if animal control couldn't get there quickly or something like that, we'd probably end up going to get that. Uh, anything else was fair game, though. Like if you called me and said that uh, you had a bird stuck in kite string up on the top of a tree, I'd come on that call. I did come on that call. Uh, I borrowed a steak knife, some duct tape, and one of their uh, pool cleaning things, like the net thing, uh, and cut it down. I, so sometimes I don't... It's like some people are just afraid of messing with wildlife to me that was a pretty easy easy fix i mean it, it took me 10 minutes <laughs> literally that's what i did I, I took a knife i taped it to the top, a pole and i just cut it the kite string until it cut free and the bird flew away um i've uh <clears throat> i've went uh down in storm drains after baby ducks you know uh that uh, wasn't that big of a deal i was actually fairly easy there's a storm drain there's an outlet right there i just kind of crouched down went in after him once again anyone could have done it but they called they called what they thought was a professional <laughs> i had a van you know uh, my rescue van it had a light on it that i wasn't supposed to actually use unless i was parked because you're not supposed to have like a flashing light for a non-official vehicle but i used it all the time when i was parked <laughs> it was just a big white ford Caroline van with uh, all of my rescue tools in it and some cages in the back, and then the back doors opened up into a couple big cages for like holding big dogs and things of that nature. Um, I think my most unusual one personally is a um, call I got to pick up a snake. And I picked up snakes before. That wasn't that unusual. I picked up a couple of rattlesnakes. Uh, Michigan does have rattlesnakes, although although I've never seen one that was very big. Uh, so, but I, I picked up a couple of those. Um, that, those weren't a big deal. Like I said, they're small snakes. I have uh, control sticks for that sort of stuff. And realistically speaking, my biggest issue is that the control stick was almost too big for the snake. <laughs> I didn't want to accidentally crush it because how small it was. Um, but that day when I got the snake call, uh, and don't get me wrong, I was the rescue driver. I wasn't the wildlife specialist. There was a person for that that was in charge of all the like the wildlife uh, stuff. The shelter that I worked at was... Uh, a little different than the other ones in the area. A Michigan Humane Society has three separate shelters. There's uh, one in Rochester Hills, which is where I was, because that's where I grew up. Uh, there's a Detroit shelter, and there's a Westland shelter. And the only reason I bring this up is because the Rochester Hills shelter was the newest of the three, and it was the only one that had a wildlife center. It had a, a like a wing, uh, like two or three rooms connected together that was built and designed for handling wildlife, like big cages and that sort of thing. So the wildlife specialist was only in Rochester Hills. Um, that day, she was like, uh, hey, Jay, there's a snake call. I'm like, yeah, okay, no problem. I'll, I'll go get that. She goes, yeah, bring the big portable cage. I'm like, why? I go, it's a snake. She goes, I don't, I just got a feeling. <laughs> so I did because, you know, she, she was technically my boss. Uh, and off I went. And uh, this was a small um, commercial, like, light industry building in a residential neighborhood which was kind of weird uh, uh but i don't think they you know when i say industry they're probably built not doing anything obviously that would bother their neighbors because uh, it looked almost it was just a little tiny a little small one-story building not very big maybe two thousand square feet um i pull up and there's like a whole bunch of people gathered in the uh parking lot next to it and so, so i knew something was up because i knew if it was like, just like a little snake it wouldn't be that big of a deal um so I, uh, I pull up and I'm like, Hey, I, I heard you guys got a snake. That's a problem. I'm like, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, where is it? They're like, it's right there in the front yard. I look over. I'm like, uh, you mean by that pipe? And they're like, no, that's not a pipe. <laughs> Turns out they had a 14 foot Burmese Python, uh, which I was very surprised to see. And boy, it was like, Good thing I brought the large portable cage because it wouldn't have fit into any of the smaller ones. It was four, it was big, it was big, it was big, it was heavy, it was large. Um, and by this point, I've been rescue driver for a while, and I, I, it was kind of my thing. I didn't get paid shit for money, but I went to work every day knowing that I was doing something. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, probably not a lot, but I knew that 
I was doing something every day that was worth doing. Um, so I didn't want to like embarrass myself in front of all these people and tell them that I had no fucking clue how to deal with a fucking 14 foot Burmese Python. <laughs> so I, I kind of winged it. I, I took one of the control sticks. And if you're not familiar with a control stick, it's basically a 10 foot long pole that has a wire running through it looped. So there's, it's got a loop at one end and like the other end of the wire comes through and you can pull the other end of the wire and it'll close that loop. Um, you use it for like aggressive dogs and things like that. But I figured um, I could certainly use it on a snake, right? Uh, so I, I take the cage and I put it near it. And I wasn't terribly scared of the snake per se because obviously it's somebody's pet. <laughs> And, and at 14 feet, it's been someone's pet for quite a while. So I figured it probably wasn't freaked out by people all that much. It was just hanging out in the front yard, sunning itself. The second reason it didn't scare me all that much is because clearly that motherfucker had eaten something. <laughs> it, it had a pretty good lump there that, that was indicated that someone had probably lost their poodle. Um, <laughs> because it was a good size. It was a good sized uh, lump too. Um, so I crept up on it. You know, and I had a 10-foot pole, so I didn't worry that I was going to get bit or anything like that. Uh, took the loop and slowly put it over its head and closed it down. Now, um, and the snake did not react. So I reached over to where the, well, keeping a hold of the, the pole with one hand, reached over to where I placed the cage and flipped flipped it up uh, so that the um, opening was in the top. And then I said, hey, I I'm going to need someone's help because I knew what I needed to do. I just couldn't do it with and without an extra set of hands. So I said, hey, I'm going to take its head and put it in the cage. I need someone to pick it up and put it in the cage after that. Because, you know, I, I can't do it myself. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, hey, if someone wants to hold this stick and keep the snake's head in the cage, I will put it in there. And uh, that's what I ended up having to do because no one wanted to touch the snake. And I was a little worried about it because, you know, there was a big burly guy that came up and did it. But I, and despite being a 14-foot python, you're not, it's not going to get away from you if you're holding on to it really good. Um, and so that's what happened. You know, I put it in there and then I took the stick back from him and closed the cage as much as I could and released it and slid the pole out. And the snake never reacted to any of it at all. It was kind of anticlimactic. You know, it would have been, it would have been way, way better, way cooler if, uh, you know, like when I put the uh, loop over its head, it bought me and I had to hold it back and forth and wear it out before I could put it, you know, and be like, oh, wow, wow, look at that guy go. Yeah. No, nothing like that. <laughs> Literally anybody could have done this at any point in time. The snake didn't give a shit. <laughs> uh, and it, that was the snake for almost the entire time we had it. It was very lethargic. Uh, for one thing, it had just eaten. Uh, after a while, we, get, we started to get concerned, though, because we'd had it for a while. and We knew it wasn't going to eat right away. But it, we, they couldn't get it to eat. Now, this wasn't really my problem because I'm, you know, I, I'm the rescue driver. I go out and get the shit after, after that. I'm done with it. You know, I'd come in and help the wildlife uh, special sometimes because I liked her and we were friends. And a lot of times they didn't have shit to do. So, so, uh, but technically that that kind of shit wasn't my problem. Um, and I think I told the story before, but they were trying to figure out what they were going to do to, you know, feed the snake because clearly you you couldn't do it the regular way uh it's the michigan humane society you can't like just throw a rat into the cage <laughs> you know the 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 uh that's kind of like against the entire humane part of the michigan humane society so what they tried doing was taking dead animals that they had for uh, various reasons i mean obviously not ones that euthanize uh like they ended up with a, a whole bunch of uh like five or six dead bunny rabbits um small ones like not full-grown ones or some shit like that uh, that they tried to feed them, you know, so, and at first they just threw it in there and the snake had no interest in it at all. So they tried to heat them up in a microwave, some to put them up more toward room temperature, hot, you know, cause they know the, you know, the snakes, uh, uses that for hunting or some shit like that. Um, and that still didn't work. They threw it in there and the, the snake had, had no reaction at all. So eventually the uh, wildlife specials kind of gave up on it 
So she went into the cage, reached down, picked up the uh, um, the rabbit. Um, someone outside of the cage said something to her because this is a big, this is like a like a zoo cage uh, kind of kind of thing. It's like a the cage is basically a, a almost a seven foot by seven foot or eight foot by eight foot uh, room inside this room. So someone outside the cage says something to her. She turns and as she turns, she swings the rabbit just a little bit with her hand. And the snake went whap and ra- took it right out of her fucking hand. Uh, I was out in the call that day, but apparently uh, you could hear her scream the entire shelter, <laughs> like from one end to the other. She scared the fuck out of it. It was scared the fuck out of me. Uh, luckily for uh, them, it wasn't too much longer after that that they found a home for the snake because they certainly didn't want to try that again to try to feed it. And there was all kinds of shit like that in that. Uh, while I was there, and I've told you guys these stories before, but I'll tell them again because I can't think of anything else to talk about. <laughs> um, we had a lion. We had a female lion, um, and I know I've told you this story. It was uh, because the Michigan Maine Society had a deal with the Detroit Police Force that whenever there is a call for uh, like a drug raid or something like that, and they had reports of an exotic pet, they would have the Michigan Humane Society come with them. They're rescue drivers. Rescue drivers in Detroit were a completely different thing than rescue drivers where I was. Right? They, uh, they uh, went like they had a lot more interesting calls, if nothing else. Uh, they still didn't. They still weren't supposed to go after stray animals, but, um, but yeah. Regardless, they had some interesting calls, and and one of the things that the rescue drivers there did was go on those raids. They even had like bulletproof vests for them and shit. They didn't go in while they were raiding it, but they always they would go in afterwards after they'd swept the house and stuff. Um, and that's how they get a lion. This drug dealer was using this lion to uh, guard his stash. He prepared two rooms in his house for, for the lion. One of them was where the lion lived and hung out most of the time, which is also where he kept his drugs. Uh, whenever he wanted his drugs, uh, he would uh, pull a pull door that would open up into the other room, which is where he fed the lion. The lion knew that when he that door opened, he was going to get food, so he always like went into the other room. They closed the door. He'd go get his drugs. You know, the lion would get fed, and then he would let it back in. Um, that, uh, that uh, obviously, is prob- does not make for a uh, well-adjusted lion. This lion was an asshole. Uh, <laughs> it was just a mean animal, and I don't blame it. It had a shitty life. They declawed it, for, fuck, for fuck's sakes. Just front declawed it, but still. Uh, which did save uh, my manager from fucking getting fucked up once, <laughs> but that's a story for another day. Uh, yeah, it, it was just mean. Uh, I, at least I thought so. One of the things they would do every day was, you know, it, this is a big animal, so we fed it like eight cans of this thing called Carna Prime, which is like this canned cat food that they that zoos use to uh, feed a lot of their uh, big cats. Um, There's just a big can full of meat, basically. And uh, it, we put it in this gigantic fucking dog bowl, and he had a just gigantic water dish. And I mentioned gigantic because it had to be at least um one one a foot and a half maybe almost two feet across in diameter really and probably at least six inches deep maybe deeper uh and i i want to impress upon you guys the amount of volume that this container held because strangely enough it was almost exactly the amount of shit that that lion shit every day because every day she would shit in the water ditch so the poor wildlife specialist would come in every day and there's this gigantic bowl filled to the brim with wet shit and uh, it's a it's it's not it's it wasn't a good scene for her at all (laughs) like i said i was glad that that was not my thing and i'd help her out sometimes and clean it out because when she had a lot of stuff to do because the wildlife center in rochester hills got sent all of the wildlife you know so everything from lions and things like that like they might keep a duck or or something really, really common, but they didn't, nobody had the facilities for anything, you know, weird. Uh, we had an albino cobra at one point. That was fun. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, a falcon, a couple hawks. Um, all, not all this is drug dealer stuff. Some of it's just regular, regular wildlife. Uh, great horned owls. Uh, we had a, I don't know, I can't remember where this one came from. I don't think it was a drug dealer. We, we had a cougar. Uh, not 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 the lady, the animals, but like a sixty or seventy pound cougar, like so much like mountain lion type thing, uh, named Tiffany. 
and she was a darling she had been like raised by hand since she was like a little kitten uh so clearly you can't rehab her or put her out in the wild and she was just a, you know such a good cat run up come up to the cage and like rub up against it so you can you know scratch her behind her ears and you, you still you still took precautions because it's a wild animal but clearly i mean you didn't really need to take precautions <laughs> this is just a big lovable animal and uh that uh that one worked out great because we ended up finding this rich dude that really wanted her bad and we held on to her for like two or three months or however long it was where he had a structure built on the side of his house it was amazing it's like the structure was probably about the size of my house so about a thousand square feet and it was like multi-level part of it was inside of his house and part of it like was outside of his house and outside of like maybe uh and since the cat had never been around other cougars, you couldn't even put it in like a tra- traditional like um, reserve for like for animals that can't go out into the wild because she didn't know how to associate with anything else. Um, so it was going to have to be like something like that. And it was the best case scenario that we could probably find. The lion took way longer, way longer to find a spot for her because uh, because she had been declawed. Zoos were not interested in taking her because they don't want uh, the you know, a regular zoo doesn't want like an altered animal. So we had to try to find like uh, one of those um, wildlife rescues that was equipped to have a, a lion. So we had that lion for probably six months, which was not great because we weren't really equipped uh, for a lion either. She's she had a, a kennel thing that was about ten feet by ten feet or so on the outside, and like probably four feet by six feet on the inside. I mean, it was, it was a, a large dog, dog kennel-ish type thing, but still a horrible conditions for a lion. We just had no place else for her. You know, even our wildlife things aren't really made for long-term things. Like when, when they had horses, they, they had, we had to keep them outside, obviously. <laughs> uh, and, and luckily horses don't stay there long because uh, there's a large network of people that rehab horses and take care of them and things like that. So we never had much of a problem moving one of those out. Oh, we've got a call. Let's see how this goes. Probably not well. Oh, Flame C2 or Flame 2C. What can I do for you today? Uh, all right. Well, you guys need to keep trying. If, if you're going to troll me, you can do better than that. That's just not, that's just not fun. Ah. <laughs> uh, Let's see. What else we want to talk about today? I haven't even looked at Yahoo. Oh, yeah, we were still talking about the main site. Do I get anything else about that? Eh, eh, probably not. I think uh, I think that's probably enough humane society stuff. Especially ending on a good note with the cougar. That'd be a nice one. And speaking of good notes, let's have a song. But let me, let's make it a happy song. Because, you know, I want it to be a good day, right? I want everyone to have a good day. Fuck that. Let's have a great day. When you're wide awake, say it for goodness sake. It's gonna be a great day. Why you stand? It's gonna be a great day, and it won't be long. No, no, it 
Well, one can hope anyways, right? That's not really in my, uh, that's not really my forte normally, but I don't know where I heard that song, but I enjoyed it quite a bit, so I threw it into my playlist. Gotta have a nice to have a positive song in your playlist every once in a while. Most of my songs are like heavy metal stuff. And heavy metal's very rarely positive. Yeah. And I found I do need something to lift me up every once in a while. All right, let's see. All right, let's go over to Yahoo. We managed to make it almost ha over half the show before we had to tap into Yahoo News for something to talk about. So that's a good sign, right? Did I read that there's no MMA or at least UFC this week? Isn't that right? I think so. Um, which would be weird. It's been quite a while since they had a week off. Uh, I got some interesting stuff coming up. Did you guys see that uh, news article about, it wasn't in the UFC, it was like in one of the minor organizations where some guy got his finger ripped off? Oh, Bellator is live, but Bellator doesn't really count. <laughs> it does, actually. I love Bellator stuff, but it's, you know, uh, it doesn't get the, obviously, a publicity that the UFC does. It's kind of hard to take them serious because we make fun of the UFC for, like, not paying any attention to rankings and stuff like that, but Bellator has some really interesting fight uh, matchups. I would leave it at that. Roger Huerta is back. <laughs> God, man. There's a big fucking what if story. I, I've never seen anybody get that popular that fast and just kind of fade off. I mean, did did like all the fame like go to his head and he stopped training good? I'd have to think back on what happened. But like at one point, Roger Horta was the was the face of the UFC for a minute there. Like he had a Sports Illustrated uh, fucking article and everything. Um, and all of a sudden, bam. Interesting video of him kicking the shit out of some, uh, like, uh, college lineman or something for something floating around there. And uh, two things. One, he he kicked the guy's ass pretty good, despite the, fa the fact that he was way smaller than him. And two, he, he was kind of mean about it, too. <laughs> if, I understand, if I remember correctly, I think he kicked him while he was down a couple times or some shit like that. I'd have to go watch, back and watch the video to confirm that, though. It was a, quite a while ago. God, Roger Horta was the... You face the UFC in like 2007 or something like that. God, I feel old now. <laughs> I tell people that I'm uh, kind of a newcomer at uh, being an MMA fan because I started like in 2005 or 2006, but I just realized that's like 15, 16, 17 years ago. <laughs> so I guess I can't really say that I'm a new fan anymore, huh? I just wish I kept better track of the new people it's it's hard to get as excited about it it's just hard to get excited about the sport as well like i saw nate diaz is fighting again uh, uh against uh, leon edwards we talked about that yesterday and at one point he was one of my favorite if not my favorite mma fighter because uh, he reminded me of uh, people that i grew up with and just eventually over the years i kind of like lost interest in, in him as a fan i don't know i guess i guess the attitude kind of wore on me for a while you know it started off as edgy and cool, and then after a while, it just kind of like, eh, come on, dude. <laughs> but, you know, I guess Nate's going to be Nate. Can't get around that, right? So, but no, I, I'm, I guess I'm kind of excited about the fight. Um, but I'll be honest with you, I think Nate's best days are way behind him, and he was never really, really amazing. He was like a win-two, lose-one kind of guy for almost his entire career. Uh he was popular because he had an interesting personality and his fights were fun because when he did win, it was an, normally an interesting fight. You know, with his pitter-patter, like uh, punching and then and submission skills, uh, you knew there, you weren't going to be watching a boring fight with Nate Diaz, not at all. Uh, but he was never like a world beater. Um, and, and as the chat is speaking in right now, he's going to get his fucking ass kicked. <laughs> I mean, seriously, uh, I know this is, I said the exact same thing yesterday. Uh, he's, unless he can drag it out. Cause I don't know about, uh, Leon Edwards cardio. He might have amazing cardio. I don't know. I know Nate has always had amazing cardio. So that's a path to victory for him. I could see it working out that way. However, most likely I think he's going to get fucking knocked the fuck out. <laughs> um, because, uh, Nate, 
you know, is never historically done great at welterweight anyways. He always, he always has issues with people that are way stronger than him. And Leon Edwards is clearly way stronger than him. He definitely has the power to knock him out. I mean, Nate's got a great chin, but fucking everybody's going to gets there, gets knocked out eventually if you fight long enough. Um, uh, yeah, I don't see Leon Edwards kind of, I know he's got, he's got like fucking a shitload of wins in a row before he got that disqualification. Uh, but I never really paid a ton of attention to his fights. So I, when I say that I think he's going to win, it's just because I, he's a younger, uh, he might even be younger. Fuck, I'm just making a lot of assumptions. I just, from the little bit that I've seen, he seems like the type of person that Nate normally has problems with. Um, and that's without exploring his ground game or wrestling or cardio at all. I mean, if he's got a good ground game and good wrestling uh, and good cardio, then Nate truly is fucked. Because those are the things that he uses to win against people. He uses his really good cardio. He uses his uh, really good ground game. Um, and, you know, if those things aren't there for him, his striking doesn't win a fight by uh, by itself. I mean, has that happened? I think. I think once or twice he just bap, bap, bap someone in the submission. But, you know, but that was still, I think those are still mostly decisions. Uh, yeah, I just don't see it going well for him. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to see it. Nate, Nate, Nate Diaz wins are always a lot of fun. But the punk whipped. Yeah, yeah. God, that was that was surprising. Because uh, the punk, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, fuck, I don't remember. But I thought he was going to do more in the uh, UFC after that. And he didn't really. That's happens with a lot of people. Um <clears throat> Like Gilbert Melendez. Oh, th Joss Thompson. Thank you. Appreciate that. Flame to see. Uh, but like Gilbert, Melend M Gilbert M Melendez, I'm probably said his last name wrong. His UFC career was horrible. And he was amazing uh, before that. We see all the time people coming over to UFC and doing great. But for everyone that does great, there's always one that does shitty too. And he's a great example of that. <coughs> Excuse me. Whoa. Thank you. Oh, ooh. too much water. I got a headache. <laughs> Actually, very little. I try to take a little sips of water because I go to bed uh, not too terribly long after this. And I normally end up waking up three or four times to have to pee because I drink too much. <laughs> Sorry, TMI. All right. Let's swing back on over to Yahoo. We got like another 15 minutes to fill. I'm sure we can do that. Now, I've told you guys I'm not going to spoil anything for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Soldier. However, if someone actually wants to call in and talk about that shit, well, then I'll spoil that shit right away. Because as much, as much as I don't want to ruin things for you guys, I do want to nerd out with somebody. I don't get to do that. Uh, my wife doesn't mind watching those, and she's, like, interested in them. But uh, she uh, certainly doesn't want to sit down and discuss different things that she saw and stuff like that. Uh, no, my lungs aren't too healthy. I have no clue why. I just got an x-ray on them like a, uh, a week ago. No, not even a week ago. Like, yeah, last Monday. And apparently they say I'm fine. But uh, the one before that, they also said I had COPD. I got I get x-rayed all the time um, for the whole cancer thing. And uh, last last year it said, you know, pulmonary uh, inflation, something indicated, in, indicative of COPD. So I thought I was going to have issues. This time I don't know if, it just went away or if it doesn't feel like it went away. I feel like it's actually got worse, but, or if like, because they were looking for cancer, they didn't write any of that shit down. It all seems very weird. Um, and I should probably be going to see a doctor about it, but I'll be honest with you guys. I'm fucking tired of doctors. You know, I realize they saved my life and all this shit, but between this and a, and a you know, and a couple other things, uh, I've been to a doctor's a whole bunch in the last three years. <laughs> Stop smoking. I, I don't smoke cigarettes. I, uh, I smoke wax. I can't, I can't do edibles. Um, that's, a, that's an honestly a really good suggestion. I can't do that. Uh, because I, let's see how the best way. To, I have a mental thing about edibles. I think, uh, I've never been super duper impressed with, uh, with how high they got, they get me. But the, the issue is when I had the entire cancer thing going, I had my kidney removed. And after surgery like that, the last thing you want to do is cough. So I couldn't smoke any weed at all. However, uh, I was in a lot of pain and uh, the medications only do so much. So I ended up doing a lot of uh, edibles, uh, a lot of edibles, um, lar very large dosages of edibles. Uh, and, and because I was, 
um, my stomach was very fucked up from all the medication too. So I had a lot of trouble eating. Um, I basically lived on insure for quite a while. Um, I should write them a letter. They kind of saved my life. Um, and that, cause I, I couldn't eat anything. I could just barely drink. Um, so I went from eating edibles to taking, uh, THC pills. Um, it's basically the same thing, just con- it's concentrated down into a pill form. And I say basically the same thing cause it's still the, cause yeah, uh, for any of you that's ever eaten in an edible, you know, it has a particular taste, no matter what kind you're eating, you're going to notice a little bit of that flavor. And those pills had that flavor as well. And that's why that's an important part of the story because I was taking 750 milligram pills. Um, and for anybody who eats edibles, that's a large amount. I was at, a, at one point I was taking them fucking two at a time every four or uh, six hours. Um, I associate that type of buzz and that taste and that whole thing with being really, really sick. And ever since then, I can't really enjoy an edible. It just kind of weirds me out when I eat one. It, it gives me a weird feeling. And that buzz was never really good in the first place. So, you know. Yeah, it wasn't a good scene. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a good scene at all. And now I, I can't enjoy edibles. But I appreciate them for when I had them. You know, if I ever, ever have something like that going on again, I might I probably have to take the pills because the last thing you want to do when someone removed a major organ from the, the lower region of your body is cough. Yeah. Uh, and I knew that because, you know, I've had hernias before and I've had hernia operations and that, that's the same deal with that. You know, you live in fear of coughing and with a hernia, it's just a little slit, you know, uh, uh, now it, it, and you know, the last one they did roboscopically. So there wasn't any really large openings. Uh, they did my kidney removal roboscopically, but they couldn't, they had to open up a big enough slot to remove the entire kidney and the softball sized ki- uh, tumor because you can't, you have to remove the tumor in one piece. You can't cut it up and shit like that. That's a horrible idea. You have to remove it as much as you can in one piece. So they opened me up a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's an interesting scar now, but before it, you know, I'm not going to go into details, but it was big. It was big and it was scary. And I was really scared to death. I was going to cough and bust my fucking guts open. Um, and I don't even know uh, how much that's possible, but they did give me like compression shorts <laughs> to keep, you know, to wear the so you know to keep my guts in there uh and that wasn't fun at all <laughs> see people say oh you're a cancer survivor i tell them i'm not a cancer survival survivor because i'm not really yes i had cancer but i didn't go through all the traditional things that people go through when they have cancer what i had wasn't treatable by radiation or chemotherapy so I didn't go through any of that. So I didn't have months and months and months of feeling sick. I didn't have months and months and months of like my hair falling out and having to force yourself to go in and get poisoned every so often to, to kill the cancer. I did none of that. They, I just literally May 8th, I found out I had cancer. May 22nd, they removed my kidney. That's it. That was the entire process. They streamlined it because I had a big old fucking stage three, almost stage four fucking thing. Uh, they were in addition to the uh, kidney, they removed all like all the adrenal nodes on that side and a whole bunch of shit uh, to make sure that it was gone. So I tell people I'm not a cancer survivor. I'm a surgery survivor. I'm a pretty nasty surgery that you don't really want to go through survivor, but I don't consider myself a cancer survivor the way these other people do. Um, I tell people if you're going to get cancer, kidney cancer is the one you want. I know it's a weird thing to say. Because in addition to not doing any of the chemotherapy or radiation, I have another kidney. I'm fine. Uh, you can fi- you can function with just one kidney, no problem. Actually, you can function with ba- with about half of one kidney if you gotta. Um, yeah, it'll kind of suck if this other one goes bad on me. But other than that, I'm free and clear of it. I've it's been three years. Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't feel like I do before. I'm weaker. I I can't gain weight. I don't. I, I honestly, I feel like kind of like shit all the time, uh, to not, to you know, whine about it too much, but it's not impeding me. Like I'm, you know, uh, uh, just feeling like shit is not enough. Uh, is not something to complain about when the option was death. You know, So I feel like I got off really fucking lucky. Like I, I can still do all the things in my life I could do before, you know, uh, I'm just weaker and, you know, and not as awesome. So, you know, shit.
did I ring the bell? No, no, nothing like that. Like I said, you know, I, I popped in for a surgery. I was in, I was in the hospital for a while. They let me go. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't any of those kind of things, you know? So, so yeah, I don't, I don't tell people I'm a cancer survivor. I'll, I'll tell them I had cancer, but that's not what, that's not my thing. That's I'm, I'm not in the same category as all those other people. They had to go through something way worse than what I had to go through. And most of them are fucked up for life afterwards. I know someone who had uh, leukemia, beat it and then got it again. Uh, so she's had it twice and her life is miserable. She's constantly sick. She's been in the uh, Carmanos, which is like a uh, private cancer hospital near here, a really good one in and out. Like literally she's in the hospital about once. I think I, I, I can't remember going more than two months without being in the hospital for something. Um, you know, to the point where, a doctor called her a freak, a frequent flyer without her, you know, she didn't realize she, she was upset about it. She said, uh, you know, cause he said something like, Oh, her again. Well, she'll be back next week or something like that. And I don't know how much of that stuff is like just stuff for her trying to find to have a problem. She does seem to be like one of those people that, you know, likes, likes to complain about stuff on Facebook. That, that's all of us really. But, uh, she can't be making shit up cause she gets admitted all the time. <laughs> you know, so, and she has nothing but health problems. And from what I understand, that's true for a lot of people that deal with cancer because all the chem radiation and the chemicals and all this good shit fucks up your immune system. Like people are surprised that I don't have uh, uh, my COVID vaccine yet. Uh, like my wife got her first dose today because she has diabetes. Um, and people are like, oh, you've had cancer. How come you, you don't have your thing? I'm like, well, because my immune system's no different than anybody else's. I didn't, I'm not immune compromised. It, it wasn't that type of cancer treatment. Um, so that's sort of what I say when I mean I didn't have to deal with all the stuff that they do because, you know, I don't. <laughs> Aren't I considered frontline? Yeah, I am, but I, they don't really take that into consideration, really. Uh, my work is my work is doing its active best to get me uh, one, but they had to do it priorities. Like my work is the one who got my wife for her uh, uh, COVID vaccine because she works at the same place as I do. Um, once again, you know, but they did with, while doing it with uh, their employees, they still have to do an order of like, you know, over 50 with health issues were the first ones that got it. Then it's, then I imagine, like they said, I'll probably get my first one next week. So, but yeah, uh, every member that's asked me has not been really thrilled to find out that I didn't have one, <laughs> but what are you going to do? You know, I'm under 50 and, and, you know, they asked me, do I have any un underlying health conditions? I'm like, no, not really. So, you know, I could have lied about it. They don't, it's not really like they really check it, but I w didn't see any point in, you know, getting ahead of someone who might have a valid health reason to get it first. Right. Anyways, we're almost out of here. I got to remind you guys tomorrow will hopefully be a very special edition of The Other Ground Life. Uh, we're going to have comedian Adam Hunter on there. Uh, he's a stand-up comic, writer, actor, and host of MMA Roasted, which is a podcast uh, that has celebrity, uh, excuse me, fighters on and then makes fun of them. So he's a really cool guy. I really appreciate him doing the show. We're going to be doing the show a little bit early. He was only able to do 5.30 to 6.30. So keep in mind, I'm going to be starting the show a half hour early. So I hope all you guys join me uh, and enjoy him as he mocks me mercilessly. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to, but I have a feeling that's what way the, uh, the show is going to go. So that's it for the, uh, today. I, like I said, I want to appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we're going to do it again tomorrow at 530. Until then, I'm Passive Jay. You guys have yourself a great day. Theme tune for the OG. Yeah.